You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums. You must hear before you die. episode we'll be talking about ian dury new boots and panties on the line i have rob two things i don't have on right now ben hello and kyle hi there new boots and panties is the debut album by ian dury released in the uk on stiff records the 30th of september 1977 the producer was peter jenner laura uh, Latham and Rick Walton. The genre is punk rock, pub rock, disco, and music hall. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Irwine. Ian Dury's primary appeal lies in his lyrics, which are remarkably clever sketches of British life delivered with wry wit. Since Dury's accent is thick and his language dense with local slang, much of these pleasures aren't discernible to casual listeners, leaving the music to stand on its own merits. On his debut album, New Boots and Panties, Dury's music is at its best, and even that is a bizarrely uneven fusion of pub rock, punk rock, and disco. Still, Dury's off-kilter charm and irresistible energy make the album gel, with the disco pulse of Wake Up and Make Love to Me making perfect sense next to to the gentle tribute Sweet Gene Vincent and the roaring punk of Blockheads. Most reissues of the album now include the trademark Dury anthem, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. All right, what do we think of New Boots and Panties by Ian Dury? Do I need to be more British to I, I think get it? It, it, uh, it probably helps to have to be focused on British humor and wry commentary. But I absolutely hated this album, and I despise <laughs> it. I was surprised. I, I wouldn't go as far as hate, but I'm kind of with you in spirit. And I was surprised to see how successful and and lauded this album is in England. Like it, it was huge, and, and everyone loves it. It's on everyone's lists, and I was like. I, is it is it a cultural divide? Is it because I'm not getting his references to like mundane British life and and regional slang? I think if I had to guess, and I did quite a bit of digging. Anytime I dislike something, I I, I try and dig even harder to find well what's the what's the cause, what's the root of this, and I think what this has going for it, and the reason it's so looked after by people. British people is that Ian Dury is a very charismatic, interesting person who is humorous um, Mm -hmm. and is a good performer. And I think it's one of those things where we didn't have the 
the uh, the background of sort of a comic in his element at the time. So if I if I put, you know, Rodney Dangerfield in front of a crowd of British people, it might not land the same way that it might land, you know, in a club in the 60s or or whatever. So but Rodney Dangerfield wasn't a punk recording artist. I, was, I, yeah, yeah. was this people's introduction to Ian Dury or was do they know him from being a humorist prior to this? Not a humorist, but he was in the scene. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at is that he is more a character of the scene than I think the the sort of a. I don't know what what would you say the performer element of it. It's more about the background of this person creating a record than I would say the actual music is. The backstory is and the the man himself I think carries over into the music and then that's what propels it in into I think into that fame. I would like hanging out with Ian Dury more than I would like listening to his music by myself. Absolutely. Yeah. He I, seems like a great guy. I couldn't understand. I couldn't get into one thing is I don't like disco. So I don't like the disco beat. So when the, it started straight off and it has a disco format that feels very stale, I couldn't tell exactly what was going on. It It's humorous in a way, but it's so flat that it's, hard to even get into and I, a lot of people were saying how clever his his lyrics were and his rhyming schemes i didn't think that i didn't think his his lyrics were clever it's, it's like a dirty limerick yeah yeah my first note that i wrote when i was listening to this record was cheeky <laughs> if there's one word to describe this album it would be cheeky <laughs> I'm kind of with you, um, but like this also like sheds off those uh, Sid Barrett solo album stuff. Well, just with um, and I, I know it, 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 this is a little more up tempo than what Sid was doing, but like that British like whimsy bullshit um, is, is present there. Are you guys? Do you guys like Sleaford mods at all? It's not familiar enough. Okay, well, listen to them and then <laughs> travel back in time and we can talk about about the importance of the, of Ian Dury to what they were doing. But like, I, I think you're absolutely right. This influenced a lot of bands, a lot of British bands, punk, punk and otherwise. I mean, Stranglers were doing something similar. It was a bit cheeky, is a bit fun. Yeah. There's a band called the Toy Dolls that does like a very cheeky accent and, you know, talks about everyday people. This is very influential, but I think this music is, is boring. I don't like it. It, it, it doesn't present something that is fun for me. And I don't, I don't identify with it as, as music or as the lyrics. And it's a very monotone delivery. And you're going to have to really sell me on, on the humor, or you're going to have to really sell me on, on their performances and this doesn't do anything musically. This doesn't do anything really for me. Uh, like, yeah, it goes everywhere from disco to pub rock to punk, but the disco 
is not disco that I find exciting. Like the pub rock is not pub rock that I find exciting. And then like the punk songs on here, like uh, Blockheads and what Playstyle Play Patricia and Blackmail Man. Yeah. They're yeah. just, they're, I don't find them exciting. It's almost like, like, I don't know. It's just that 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 straightforward oompa 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 punk that I feel like I grew out of six months after I got into punk. So I had never heard of Ian Dury. I had listened to this record. Um, would you guys agree that this is like influential on the band Pulp? I'm absolutely sure that Jar- sure. Jarvis yeah, Cocker's heard it. Yeah, one hundred percent. But the the difference is this this is taking music that already exists and it's just like adapting it into a song format and then he is monotonely doing his tell, thing over it telling you yeah yeah doing his, his thing over it whereas pulp is cleverly crafted songs mm-hmm. i mean they're it's 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 very hard for me to to compare this to anything I, it, it's it's sort of unique in this this way, but at the same time, I just I can't get into it. I'm sorry. I feel like I could oh, almost have been on board with this if the music was there. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. but the the music, like everything from the actual music, like the written on paper music, to the performance of it, to the actual like timbre of the instruments, like. Like the organ in Bella Ricky Dicky is like the lamest sounding grandma <laughs> organ I've ever heard in my life. You know, like I guarantee that organ has other settings on it, but like that, that and that's just like one little piece of it. I, I feel like if if the if musically if it had been sonically exciting to me, then I could have bought into Ian Dury's character that he's doing. And sure. his and his lyrics and his delivery, but the music's not there for me, and I'm too far removed from his 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 regional Essex like references and slang that I, I don't get it. It just I just feel like there's is there's nothing really here for me. There was uh, two songs on this record that I really liked, and uh, one was "Clever Trevor." And the other was uh, if I was with a woman and those are right in the middle of the record. I love those two songs. Huh? <laughs> did you guys listen to those a couple times? I or? did. Oh yeah. I do not like either of them. I didn't, I didn't like any song until it got to blockheads. And then I, I was, I was down for the last three songs just because they were more exciting to me. Sure. Okay. Uh, Clever Trevor, I thought had, amazing like vocal arrangement and phrasing the phrasing and his rhyming is is cool in that one he's good at rhyming he he can he can rhyme a word with another word sure yeah but um that song like i you know i was listening to this record and i was like all right it's cheeky whatever but um halfway through uh clever trevor and like i said if i was with a woman i thought those two songs were incredible Really? Okay. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, how many times? How many times did you listen to this, Birch? I got through it three times. That's all I can do. 
If I was with a woman, she'd soon become unsettled. I'd offer my indifference and made sure she never understood. She'd have to learn to cherish the purity and depth of my disdain. That is, That's awesome. That's really good. That's an incredible lyric. Yeah. I had to write that one down. <laughs> so what... Uh, yeah. It's great too. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, oh, no, no. What, what 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 track do we have in our ears right now? Is it my old this man? Is my old man. Yeah, dude. Th- this is absolutely Dave Davies. If if the, mm-hmm. the the Kinks would have written a better fucking melody behind it, but like this is absolutely that like calling back to a a a softer, gentler uh, England. Mm-hmm. The Kinks do do that. Yeah, the Kinks do a lot better. <laughs> that's for sure kinks would make know, it I, exciting kinks would make it exciting you know what would have been exciting being on stiff records in 1977 and yeah, right? the, the, whatever fucking scene was like being like that they were like just cultivating at that point in time I mean fucking reckless Eric was like hanging out with this dude and I fucking love that guy's output from from start to finish that motherfucker is still making amazing records. Um, you played with him recently, didn't you? Rob? Yeah, yeah, man. It was like one of the best shows I ever saw, but <laughs> I mean that, that aside, like it, I, I can, I can picture myself in the, in this particular spot, like where all, all these tunes are being made and Ian Dury being just kind of like this, I don't know, ramshackle, like individual. <laughs> Who, who happens to also be like a, a, a pretty good poet. Uh, but no, like, you know, like there's uh, total, totally in like music wise. No, that th- this does not scratch many itches for me, but like if you take it as a whole, like whatever the hell was happening, like was stiff at that particular point in time. It, I get why it's kind of like I get why it's in here at that point, but that again, th- this uh, this whole book skews really hard towards this shit, so we should be wary. I come awake with the gift for womankind. You're still asleep. to it now though coming back to it now it's it's a it's a hard sell very hard sell for for me to listen to this music and if you let's just say we have no context i understand that context you can put it in there but if you had no context and you're just straight listening to this album there's no way there's no way for me i just can't even I can't even do it. I would just shut this record off after <laughs> after two, one or two songs. It, it's funny. Um, yeah, you guys posted the four records for for this week, and I thought maybe you guys were like trolling me on this last one. off the internet. And I imagine a scene in a movie where they have musicians 
they've hired studio musicians to come in and then someone's like the producer's nephew is like coming in to to try out for a a song or something and he can't sing very well and this is this is Ian Dury. <laughs> yeah. It, so much like suicide, Ian Dury was an older gentleman of the scene. It seems like a handful of these, this class of 77 with their debut albums were, were older. Ian Dury was old enough to, uh, to have gotten polio in the polio epidemic in the forties. And, uh, he had par- paralysis and withering of his uh, left leg, shoulder and arm. So if you in pictures, you see him like with a cane. And I've also seen a few pictures. I was just like doing an image search of like people like what made me look into it is I saw a picture of people carrying him like onto a stage. And I didn't know what was up with that. But I also thought it was interesting. It's also this is like the second our second week in a row where we have talked about Gene Vincent. Uh, Birch, do you remember why we were talking about Gene Vincent last week? It was something that let me look back. Oh, was it? It was suicide, because suicide kind of had that Gene Vincent vocal delivery. Yeah, you're right. yeah, you're right. And now, and here we are with uh, new boots and panties, and uh, Ian Dury idolizes Gene Vincent enough that he wrote a song about him. Uh, Gene Vincent, uh, you know, he's a pillar of '50s American early rock and roll sound. Another thing about Gene Vincent is before he was a famous recording artist, he shattered his leg in a motorcycle accident and he always wore a leg brace and he walked with a cane. I was kind of wondering if, if Ian kind of uh, like related to him, not only on a musical level, but also on like a, uh, like personal obstacles type of level, you know, he weirdly denied it. Gene Vincent. Uh, Ian Dury was like, "Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah." So just because I have a weird leg doesn't mean that I idolize this guy with a weird leg. Yeah, it's it's all (laughs) very, and that's a fair response, honestly. I suppose. (laughs) Except this dude was obsessed with. He was very obsessed with Gene Vincent. With Gene Vincent. (laughs) Yeah, Birch, I'm with you. Like with with no context involved with this there's no reason for this to be in our cans. It's silly music. It, it's like Crispin Glover, silly music. <laughs> totally. Um, and this is after meatloaf. So yeah. yeah, this might be the, my least favorite album that we've talked about so far. Oh, that can't be true. In the whole series. That yeah. cannot be true. Yeah, about Laura Nairo? No, I like, I like that better. Dave Eggers. Or yeah. not Dave Eggers. He's an author. Who who am I thinking of? David uh, Eccles. Yeah. Eccles. Yeah. 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 I like that better. Yeah. This I like record, this better than David Eccles. I had never heard of Ian Dury. New boots and panties to exclamation part. Man, oh, I fucking <laughs> I love the reasoning behind the record title, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I do you, like buy, that. you buy all your bullshit used except for... <laughs> Shoes and underwear. <laughs> yeah, get those new. Get everything else. Fucking used. love it. I love it. I I, I love that. That's fucking Econo, Rob. It is. It's jamming Econo. Is what that is. It's jamming Econo. <laughs> so you guys recommend this record? I wouldn't. No. Uh, I wouldn't recommend so, this to my worst enemy. So the the biggest <laughs> the biggest single. <laughs> He's so pissed. 
Birch, I've never seen you so irate about I, music. I, I, I just the first time I'm curious. I know sure. I know it wasn't on this album, but it's a, it's associated with this album. The song Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, which Ian Dury did not he did not believe in having singles also be on the albums. He thought that they should be separate entities. So that's why Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll is not included on this. And but I hate for, that. For sake of argument, let's just say it, 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 sex, and, sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. I know you're a big Ornette Coleman fan. How do you feel about the song Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll pretty much lifting that melody from the song Ramblin' for the entire melody of Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll? It's fine. It's just a bad song. It's, just a, it's a very bad song. I do. I think it's cool that he coined that phrase that he... He right? sort of that was uh, interesting. Kind of came up with that. I mean, people had been saying it before him, but he absolutely brought it into prominence with that song. But that song is like disco crap. Like I it's do all not. my body needs. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just like the uh, just like the one we're listening to now. The reason I don't like Clever Trevor is it's it's got like that disco thing. And I don't Clever like this. Trevor, it's like my favorite. I just don't like Trevor. this backing band doing their whole disco, whatever. It just feels like it feels like a a stand-in band to me. It doesn't what feel if, like uh, injury, an exciting. What, what band. if he was backed by the Attractions? I wonder. I wonder what that would have sounded like. If he was backed by another band and he was, it was exciting music. It's something different that wasn't just a rehash of every song I've ever heard from. I feel like every other band that's i think that's if i'm digging into it hard enough i think that's what it is i it's that the the band is not i don't feel like they're creating their own songs i feel like they are literally lifting songs from other places and then presenting a song as if they it's it's a unique song and at the same time he has these Sorry, I'm I'm getting so flustered now. He is he is a uh, he is not exciting in the presentation, which could be interesting, but it's so monotone, it's so limited in his delivery on a record. Not seeing him live, that even if it was you know, it's got to be really good lyrics at that point. Because it's mm-hmm. it's stale, it's a stale rehash of a song. It's monotone delivery. You got to give me something. What I mean, are you giving the, but, me? But the, uh, uh, Trevor, Trevor is my favorite song on this record. Yeah, I, love, I don't understand that. I love his delivery, his phrasing, <laughs> and the vocal arrangement. I love it. How do you feel I about think, the, the the disco backing track? What do you? How do you, how do you think I feel, Ben? I, I love it. I think you love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, mean, like, I put a star I, next to this one. This is the one song that I really like on this record. I feel that Clever Trevor like leads into like Tubway Army Gary Newman stuff, man. Like, uh-oh, I like that stuff too. And and it may, maybe it's just like the 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 tiny amount of mini mug that's in the background that's making me think that Gary Newman was like, oh, that's a good idea, but it's a phrasing. I'm sorry. It's the phrasing. It's this vocal phrasing. I fucking love it. It's super ahead of its time. I'm sorry. Knock me down with the feather. Clever <laughs> Trevor. Yeah, I love it. About? I can't tell if you're making fun of me. I love this song. 
like a lot. I think it's ahead of its time. So I know that the the Ian Dury that you're here. I I don't want to call it a character because he, it's it's because I don't know that it's a character. It might just be Ian Dury, but I know that the his recorded persona is supposed to be like an like an Essex lad. But yeah. I know I also know that he's not actually from Essex. So this is something I'm curious about because I I don't know the regional the like the, the, the regional accents of of like England of uh, uh, of uh, Great Britain. The accent that Ian Dury is doing is that like a West Essex accent or is that like is he is he do is he doing an affectation an, an affected accent of a character or is this just the voice that comes out of his head when his mouth opens? I don't know. I keep thinking about the UK office whenever I listen to this record. Whenever I hear him sing, I think of always look on the bright side of life. Well, yeah, I think of like when David Brent's trying to do like uh, trivia with a guy who throws his shoe over the building. That's what this record sounds like to me. He is. Uh... Yeah, he often often pretended that he had been born in uh, Essex, but yeah, in one of the yeah one of his obituaries actually got it wrong. <laughs> they said he was from there. <laughs> about Bella Ricky Dicky. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> so oh, <wow>. dumb. <laughs> the worst. I should also mention I, I should also mention that I am not a huge fan of uh British comedy. I mean I like Monty Python. I like uh I guess Faulty Towers is kind of Monty Python esque, but I I don't find it, as the the wry wit of this um that just falls completely flat to me the sort of wordplay i do find interesting some of the rhyming is is fun but a lot of it sounds uh meandering to me it sounds juvenile and stupid if someone had played wake up and make love with me to me uh, out of context and told me it was off an Eric Idle album, I would have no reason not to believe them. I've been like, weird. oh, yeah, yeah, it checks out. I'm with you, dudes. <laughs> I, uh, I approach this record like, am I being, am I being punked? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a real question. Is, is what, what's New it doing in this book? Two exclamation points. Well, the book's a British book. And apparently, according to the charts and the reviews, England loves Ian Dury. They fucking love him. Yeah. 
He's got a sad song about his dad. It charted. It's great. Yeah, it stayed on the British charts for two years, this album. And it said New Boots and Panties was among the UK's uh, top 30 best-selling albums of both 1978 and 79. And eventually peaked at number five in the UK album charts uh, in 79. This was number five on the national charts two years after it came out. This album that we just heard all of. And he's doing very well. He's doing very well. He's doing very well. <laughs> uh, widely considered his best album, uh, biggest selling, having certified uh, 300,000 sales uh, June 1979. Here's what I want to say. New Bits and Panty was ranked number two in NME writer's list of albums for the year 1977. What? You know how you know the albums that we've done in 1977. Man, that's oh, got to yeah. be some, some local two. pride right there, man. Yeah. It, if I was with a woman. I'm hey. telling you, I, I think it's a British thing and we don't understand. I think so, too. It's like like uh, Ian Dury is like the Jeep of recording artists. Do they not oh, understand? as in, as in it, it's a Jeep thing and you don't understand. Okay. <laughs> you sound like a oh, oh, I'm sorry, a what thing? Oh, it's a Jeep thing, Robert. A what? Don't You wouldn't understand. Don't even worry I, about it. I don't it. get it. I I would love to find the, if anybody can write in 1001 Album Club and let us know what, what would be the equivalent of the American Ian Dury or another country's Ian Dury. I would love to hear it because I do think you're onto something, Ben, that it is a, a regional specific phenomenon that happened with, with this particular artist. Elvis? No, no Elvis you is dumb dumb. Pretty hey, renowned. Did you call me dumb dumb? Bro? <laughs> yeah, dumb dumb. Quit being a fucking dumb dumb. You know, enemy. Like, I don't know, enemy. They're a great publication, but it's just it's it's so close to that. It feels like it's so close, at least at this point, to that Stiff Records family. Like, to to the point where like even like the. Enemy and Stiff Records have the same artists that they're commissioning for, like, uh, like, like the same guy that did like a, a, like Enemy's logo and covers is doing the album covers for Stiff Records. I'm not saying that that implies anything. I'm just saying it's it's a community. Yeah, Enemy is part of the new wave punk community of the London area. And not that that would undersell them saying Ian Dury has, what, the best album of 1977? But yes, it does undersell that, is what I'm saying. I I, the, I do want to go out on a high note in, in saying that I think Ian Dury is, is very talented, and I think that he is a very interesting figure. I, mm-hmm. I do respect how he came up, how he kind of burst into the industry and he's, you know, he is in that punk rock attitude. He has that, uh, you know, that edge to it, but the, but this album doesn't present that in any way to me. Okay. Yeah. Get a new, 
travel back in time and get a new band. So is this a negative for everybody? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I'm going neutral, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, I there's enough of it that I enjoy, but again, like I don't I don't know the person who I'd be like, oh, you know, you you should be listening to Ian fucking Dury. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna echo Rob on that one. Echo Rob too. I, I'm I'm not offended enough to go negative, and I do. There's parts of it that I like. I just don't think it comes. I don't think it comes together, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I think Ian Dury's an interesting character, and I think he's definitely got away with words. It frustrates me and it bums me out that people say this is his best album. I was hoping that people would be saying like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good introduction to him, but he gets better. Uh, I, 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 I just would hope that would get better for this, yeah, but I, I don't dislike promising. it. No, I don't dislike it enough to go hard negative on it. So I'm going to rest at neutral. Cheeky, cheeky record. Okay. Neutral. Sure. Okay. Hard <laughs> negative for me. Very hard. Get it. Hardest. <laughs> Ian would say. Clever Trevor. I really like that track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I, if I had to pick one, it would be something like Blockheads. Um, maybe the Blockheads. last three last three songs. The Blockhead is you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, but possibly, like I said, possibly the worst. Uh, album I've I've listened to Not since we started started this project. Wow, which is yeah, you hated that Sid Barrett record. No, no, that's not even close. This is worse, much worse. You want to talk about the Sid Barrett record? I didn't hate that Sid Barrett. I just felt like it didn't. It wasn't Madcap laughs. Yes, it yeah, was Madcap laughs. It didn't. Uh, it didn't excel. That? It didn't. Right, how about play. how about Skip Spence's or I was fine. I'm gonna skip yeah. everything and kick your butt. I didn't like it, but <laughs> it was it was definitely not this. That Kyle, are you fighting for Ian Dury's honor tonight? That <laughs> <laughs> at least when you have Sid Barrett, Skip Spence, you have a a, a look into someone's mind of mm-hmm. of presenting yeah. these like weird. And that's the thing. Even if I'm not a huge fan of, say, uh, Sid Baird, it's like, what is in your head? Like, where are you coming from on these songs? And this is this feels like I know exactly where you're coming from, and it's boring, and I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Kyle will be the man who fights for Sid Barrett's honor. <laughs> <laughs> He's the hero that you're dreaming of. <laughs> You asshole! Do you want to talk about Sid Barrett? <laughs> we'll live together, knowing forever. <laughs> together, together or knowing forever that we did it all for the glory, for the glory of love. The endurance. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next time we'll be talking about Sex Pistols. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm.